So today is Mother's Day. I have an interesting story about it already. I actually had a sermon prepared in my heart about the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And I was uh, pretty excited about it. And then I was reminded that it was Mother's Day. And I was like, what do I do? So I decided uh, that uh, I was going to encourage everyone to go to come tonight to Anchor because uh, Amy told me that Dennis was going to preach on the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And I thought, well, you know, come to Anchor to get it. And I'll preach on Mother's Day. So I happened to see Dennis as he came in. And I says, Dennis, you're preaching on the baptism of the Holy Spirit, right, tonight? He says, well, that was before I was reminded that it was Mother's Day. (laughs) So I don't know what he's going to do tonight. But I just got a little bit of something to share. And... um, You know, one of my favorite of all scriptures, and it's a scripture that uh, I've always loved, but not so much as lately. And uh, it's just become one of the most precious of all scriptures to me. Um, It's right at the top. And it is um, 2 Corinthians 5.21, which says, He, meaning God, the Father, he uh, made he made the son Jesus sin, made him sin, who knew no sin. So it, it, he made him with our sin, who knew no sin, that you and I might be made the righteousness of God in him. I mean, that's just the most amazing thing of everything. It's just that what an exchange there. He gets my sin. I get his righteousness. Wow. And, you know, it says in other scriptures, see, that uh, that whole topic there in 2 Corinthians 5 is talking about reconciliation to God, being reconciled to God. And so... In order to be reconciled to God, our sin had to be laid on Jesus. It it coincides with another scripture out of Isaiah 53, 6, which says, uh, All we like sheep have gone astray. Every one of us have gone our own way. But the Lord hath laid on him, that is the Messiah, the iniquity of us all. And so... Going our own way has been laid on Jesus Christ. Uh, there's another verse of Scripture that says, We're bought with a price by the precious blood of Jesus. Therefore, glorify God in your bodies and in your souls, in your spirits, which are God's. God, we belong to God. I've... Um, saw a little 
I don't know what they call them on on my computer. Uh, oh, I have an an iPad, and this is I've only had it a little over a year now, and I'm working on it and learning on it, and I'm still not quite there yet. That was bragging. I'm not even close to there yet. But uh, they have these little things on the sides and you might be interested in. They seem to like profile me, you know, with my choices. And I really sometimes I like, well, yeah, I really like that. And I I do get really blessed and I'll start listening. You know, like recently I was listening to Ravi Zacharias. I'm like, whoa, man, I love this guy. Have trouble hearing? Uh, I could speak louder. They, could you turn me up instead? Okay. So I'm listening to Ravi Zacharias, and the guy just like, I get so blessed, but at the same time, I feel so stupid because <laughs> the guy is so brilliant. And I just love to hear his uh, questions and answers and stuff like that. So I look at these things, and I saw this one little thing that I couldn't resist. And I had a good reason for it, because I wanted to know the answer. And it was this gal on there that said, why I'm not a Christian anymore. And I, I listened to that. I watched it. And the reasons that she was giving were basically uh, many of the questions that I think all of us have asked one time or another is like, uh, why the God of the Old Testament uh, hurt a lot of people, you know? Uh, the Noah, Noah's flood, killing all those millions or thousands, hundreds of thousands. And uh, other places where, you know... So it reminded me also of a time when a friend of ours says... They're having trouble in believing in the benevolence of God. And so I, I, I listened more of that, and it was talking about it. And then it went into talking about how it didn't seem like that God came through in prayer. It didn't seem like that God answered the prayers. And uh, everybody said, God is going to do this and do that and do this, and God is going to answer your prayers. And... Uh, and he, and he didn't. And so I was listening to this whole thing, and I thought to myself, the one, the, the reason that she has no long, is no longer a Christian is because she didn't make the very first step correctly. And the very first step is uh, in Hebrews 11, five, 11 excuse me, Hebrews 11, 6, uh, where it says, He that cometh without faith, it's impossible to please him. But he that comes to God must believe that he is. And it doesn't say that he is God, it just says he is. Many other translations says that he exists. So he is it's like, I am. See, he is because I am. And so, you know, it's the first step is that he's God. He's God. He is our creator. 
we are not God. And if you don't make that first step, then the rest of it, if you go right into the next thing, which says, and that he's a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. You know, most of us just said he's a rewarder of them. They forget the diligently seek part, let alone the very first part that he, that you believe that he is God. God is God. He can do what he wants. You know, and if you don't make that first step of faith that he's God, it's not, he is our God, like the psalmist says, not we ourselves. He is our creator, not we ourselves. We are the people and the sheep of his pasture. So he is our, he's God. And if you don't make that first thing, then everything else is going to be a problem. It's like, like uh, D.L. Moody once said, if you can just get the first picture, in the beginning God. Yeah, in the beginning God. If you can get that part down, then the rest is, 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 is simple. You know, I don't have any trouble believing it. You know, one of the things that, that's the question that Zacharias was called, asked is, uh, why is the path so narrow to God? And of course, you know, I immediately thought where Jesus says, straight is the gate, narrow is the way which leads to life. So I thought, well, but he said, why is it that Christians believe that he is the way and he's the only way? And we do. We believe. And so why, why is it so narrow? And he gives this long talk. I, I wish I, I really... I'm going to listen to it again and again. I wish I could duplicate it. I mean, I wish I had memorized because it was just like, I was just like blown away myself. And I was like, you know, and, and basically what he was saying when he got through, he says, it's not, it's not a narrow way to me. It's not a narrow, his arms are wide open. You know, it's broad, you know, he, he, he welcomes us. Whosoever will come, I will in no lies pass down. You know, so it's not a narrow way. And so, you know, that's, that was another thing. Um, but I just want to go into talk about Mother's Day. All right. Uh, Mother's Day. Um, you know, several places in the Bible, God indicates that he is also mother. Right? Now, first place, there is neither male nor female in heaven. So God is neither male nor female. You understand? But he identifies largely with us as father. He identifies us in the male vernacular, but he is also identifies himself as mother. Jesus as a hen would welcome her chicks into, you know, that's what he said about Jerusalem. Uh, in Isaiah 49, it says that, that God is like a mother feeding the infant on the mother's breast. And that it's, uh, that he is, he says, does a mother that loves her baby, nursing baby, Love her baby. 
He says, not always. There are some that don't for for maybe some, you know, psychological or or uh, some reasons that mothers don't. But he says, but I, the father, he says, I'm like a mother that will always love my babies. And he's saying that about Israel. And so anyway, the first uh, place in the Bible that God is called Almighty God is with Abraham. Now, if if you're a, uh, a fan of Amy Grant... Uh, which 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 I am, you know. I remember back in the day when Amy Grant and she's still singing Christian and she's singing Christian today and she does some duets with with uh, um, John Mike John. Uh, well, he's everybody knows him. You should already know it, so never mind. <laughs> Just because I forgot it. Uh, one of the most he sang at the uh, the funeral of, of Bush. What's his name? Plays the piano and sings. John Michael's... Mike W. Smith. Mike w. Smith. Michael W. Smith. Yes. Thank you. Well, because I like John Michael Talbot, and I just thought of John because I was looking for Michael and didn't go far enough. Michael W. Smith. Anyway, she sang a lot of duets, you know. And uh, just just for this added thing, when uh, Amy, my daughter Amy, was like two years old, she, we used to sing a song, Ain't it grand to be a Christian? Ain't it grand? Ain't it grand to be a Christian? Ain't it grand? You know, <laughs> you know she thought it was Amy Grant Christian. Amy Grant. That's the way she used it. Amy Grant Christian. Just for your... So that shows you how far back we, uh, you go with Amy, Amy Grant. But she... Remember the song that she is most known for? Besides, well, her father's eyes was one of them. El Shaddai, El Shaddai, El Shaddai, Elohim and Adonai. You know, this age to age, you know, beautiful, beautiful, beautiful song, right? El Shaddai, that's actually the Hebrew of Almighty God. First time it's used is with Abraham, Almighty God. El Shaddai. El Shaddai, El meaning God in a, in a common name sense. Shaddai. The root word in Shaddai is Shad. Shad is the Hebrew word for mother's breast. Right? Or a nursing mother's breast. And why is that? Well, because a nursing mother's breast has everything that the baby needs, generally speaking, okay? All right? And that is all-sufficient one is what El Shaddai is, all-sufficient. I am sufficient for you just as my um, a, a mother with her nursing baby is sufficient for the baby. You see, so there are references. You, you see love called a her, for example, you see wisdom called a her, for example. So there are references to the feminine side of God, which is, no, there is neither male nor female. You, you follow that so far? But one of the things that I think is the most beautiful is Eve. When Eve was made, uh, 
Adam said she is both. He, you, know, you know the scripture that is quoted by um, uh, from the Old Testament that is quoted by Paul in the New Testament in Ephesians where it says, bone of my bone and flesh of my flesh. You know, we, have, we are one. We have become one flesh. Bone of my bone and flesh of my flesh. All right. Uh, Adam, uh, excuse me, Paul says that about us as the body of Christ. I speak concerning Christ in his church. Right. But what he's quoting from is what Adam said about Eve. You see, and it was taken as from the Lord as 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 uh, as uh, anointed, anointed, uh, illuminated uh, the word of scripture that as if God himself had said it. But Adam says to Eve, he says, this is bone of my bone, flesh of my flesh. We are one spirit. We are one flesh together. And then he says, he names her Eve. And he says, why he named her Eve? Because Eve means uh, mother of all life. Mother of all life. And that's what he says. I have named her Eve because she is the mother of all life. Now, there are other scriptures, other places where you might find the name Eve as a different definition, but it's all connected together. One is life giver is one of the definitions of Eve. And any derivation of that, like you may know somebody named Ava. The meaning of the name Ava means mother of life or giver of life. One, one tried to bring it down into what life was talking about, but mother of all human beings. Okay. So, she is, you know, the, the Bible talks about how we were all in Adam in sin. But we were also all in Eve. Amen? I mean, he is bone of her bone, flesh of his flesh, one with the spirit. If we were in Adam, we were in Eve. Hello? Does that make sense? It makes perfect sense to me. Okay? And so, all I'm saying is that mama, mother, comes from the very first mother, which was Eve. And so, mother of all life. Now, I'm, now this is something that some people are not going to quite be with me on this, but I, I hope you are. If not, I understand, you know. Uh, by the way, <laughs> was it just said we've agreed to not agree? <laughs> we have agreed not to not agree. <laughs> well, we can agree to not aggrieve, okay? Right? Aggrieve? Agree. <laughs> Hallelujah. Okay. Oh, I want to give a little testimony because I just remembered. Um, pray for me. I've been in the hospital twice now in the last month. And uh, God's still working, okay? Keep praying. Um, so the last time I was in the hospital, now I uh, was waiting to be discharged and I had this nurse, and I'm not going to tell you her name because I wouldn't, I don't want to tell it without her permission. But she was a believer. And I'll tell you, she did go to Main Street Baptist Church. And so we were talking, and I was thinking of, 
Uh, I love to bring up names, definitions. I love to bring up um, scriptures or whatever. So I was just thinking, how could I bring up my scripture that I love so much? He hath made him sin who knew no sin that I might be made the righteousness of God in him. I was like, how can I bring this up? And so I said to uh, this, while she was in there, we were talking. We'd already talked about the Lord uh, uh, a lot. And so I said to her, uh, what's your favorite scripture? And she says, she looks at me and she says, I don't know where this is found, but my favorite scripture is, he hath made him sin who knew no sin, that I might be made the righteousness of God in him. And I was like... It was so absolutely, I mean, I can think of, I can think of at least 300 scriptures off the top of my head that people might want as a favorite scripture. You know, that would not be on the list. I wouldn't even consider that to be on the list. You know, I was looking for the opportunity to share it with her, you know. And for her to come up with that is like, what are the odds of that? You know, it's like, no way. And it was like really, really, really cool. And it was just like a witness to me. And uh, it was such a such an incredible blessing. And I was saying, that's the scripture I was going to tell you. And what are the odds? And so that was a tremendous blessing. So uh, anyways, uh, that's there. We're talking about mothers now. Okay. Okay, if you are a female, all right, I believe that every girl, female, has a mother in them. All right, you are not a mother in 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 in, in the distinct that you have had children, but you are a mother. In this thing that you were in Eve, and Eve was mother of all life, and so you have a, a little mom in you. That's why you like to play dolls. That's why you like to play house. It's because you have a mother in you. And so, in my opinion, I feel the same way about fathers, by the way, because it says in in Ephesians three, the prayer in Ephesians three. For this goes about my knees unto the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, of whom the whole, and it says in, in the King James, family in heaven and earth is named. That word family isn't a, an accurate translation. It actually says fatherhood, of whom the whole fatherhood in heaven and earth is named. If you are a father because we have a father, that is our heavenly father. And his father, you know, I, I, one of my, I, I, don't, I haven't heard him in years, but there was this priest that was Father John Korapi. And he became a priest late in life. He was at one time in charge of, of, uh, of Nevada gambling uh, for the government. He was overseeing the, the gambling in Nevada. And he was a, he was a player and he became a Christian and then he became, and he had tremendous testimony and then he became a priest. 
Now, I may have my issues with Catholicism and not understand some of that, but I know that's a brother in the Lord. I could tell he was a brother in the Lord. Well, one time he, he, he was in a hole in the, in the same place which was housing Mother Teresa. Now, Mother Teresa um, is another, I don't want to argue with anybody, but she's a sister in the Lord as far as I'm concerned. Right? Tremendous witness for the Lord. And so she, the subject came up and she says, she brought it up and she says to him, because he's like awestruck to be in the same house with Mother Teresa. And she says to him, isn't it a beautiful house? And uh, he says, yes, it is. She says, well, I'm a guest in this house. I, I don't even own a home. I've never owned a home in my life. And uh, he's thinking, at the time he's thinking, wow, uh, that's, um, maybe she's soliciting me to feel compassion for her, sorry for her. And she says, I, I, I'm not, I've never been married. I've never had a husband. I've never had children. I've never had any children. And uh, she went on in that vein. And he just when he was thinking about how he's a little disappointed in the way she's talking, then she kind of swings around. And she says, no, I've never owned a home. I've owned thousands of homes. I've never had any children. I've had hundreds of thousands of children. That's why they call her Mother Teresa. And what she was simply saying is there's, you know, there, yes, God has, we believe that God has a family for a family, you know, children. And trust in him and seek after that. But Joe was talking about how he was adopted. You know, some of the greatest men of God in the Bible were raised by surrogate parents, you know, by adopted parents. And uh, that's, that's a tremendous, beautiful thing. And so I just, I just, just wanted to say that, you know, you, you may not have natural children, but God will provide you an opportunity to be a mother to, to, a, to some young lady. Will, will provide an opportunity for you fathers, you, one, you men that have not had children, to be a father to some young men. Somebody say amen, please. So, so when I talk to you ladies, I'm, I'm going to sing you a song. Somebody actually requested this song or else I probably wouldn't sing it but I'm going to sing you a song and it's to everybody it's, it's to honor our ladies as a matter of fact uh, when uh, I googled it and looked it, looked it up just to be sure and I think it came out in 1961 62 maybe it's by Gene McDaniels and he's a Christian, 
And the only time that he ever sang this song and was recorded was with a group of ladies. And I believe it honors the ladies, but it honors them in a secular, with a secular song. Okay? And so I just want to sing this song to you. For all the gals in here to honor you. And just pray that I remember it. Amen. Let me get a drink of water first. Hallelujah. He took a hundred pounds of clay and then he said, Hey, listen, I'm going to fix this world today because I know what's missing. So he rolled his big sleeves up and a brand new world began. He created a woman and a lots of loving to a man with just a hundred pounds of clay. He made my life worth living and I will thank him every day for all the love she's given and I will thank him every night for the arms that are holding me tight. He created a woman and lots of loving for a man. Yes, he did. With just a hundred pounds of clay. Amen. Now there's a little humor to go with that song. Thank you. Um, There's a little humor to go with that song. Because when I was coming over here, uh, I had my Sirius Radio on the 60s. And I'm not kidding you. This, I'm not making this up, okay? This song popped into my head before I turned my car on and the radio on. And it, it was playing the song. It was like, what? What? And as it's playing the song, I thought, well, Lord, if you really engineered this, You've just shown me that there's a better song that I could have sung. And it was my favorite song. It's my absolute favorite song by the Beach Boys, no less. And don't worry, I'm not going to sing Little Surfer to you. That's not it. But it's God only knows what I'd be without you. And that's all I know know of the song. God only knows what I'd be without you. And that's what I want to sing to my wife. God only knows what I'd be without her. Amen. Now I'm going to ask you something before we go on. Hallelujah. Thank you for our mothers. (laughs) Thank you for our wives, thank you for our ladies, Lord. Thank you for the gift. I want to ask you some questions. Uh, first of all, 
I, um, I appreciate what Kerm said about his mother um, and others as well. But um, my, during my time of growing up, there wasn't a lot of talk between parents and children. You know, uh, for starters, if there was, you, the child, if, if something, this came later in life, but back in that, if we knew it back in the day, if our parents started talking to us about anything serious, we'd go, mum, 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 mum. You know, we wouldn't want to hear it, you know. So we didn't want to hear it in the first place. But we didn't ever have our parents to talk about. I, my, my father never talked about his history. You know, I was just looking something up in, in my, one of my Bible apps, and there was something about, do you know who said, a history is a tale that is told by idiots? Do you know who said that? Huh? Shakespeare said that. Shakespeare said, I don't think he was actually making that point. I think he was talking in, 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 for somebody else. But there are a number of lines like that. I, I, think, I, I think more like if you, if you don't know your history, you're doomed to, re, to repeat the mistakes. You know, that kind of thing is more accurate. But it gets in there. This was a Bible app, by the way. And it gets in there. It's given all this history of the Bible. And then it just simply said something I'd heard once before. And that was, after all, history is just his story. His story. I wish I had had time and the, the knowledge that I have now to sit down with my father and find everything about him. For example, I was just talking to somebody the other day. I knew from my mother and other people that my father spent a year in jail. I never knew what for. I don't know what for. I would have liked to ask him, Dad, what did you spend some time in jail for? I I got hundreds of questions. Now, I say that to you children, that you have parents, don't wait till they're gone. You know, there was a group called Bread, and a lot of their songs were godly, loving, love, beautiful, beautiful love songs. And this one of the, uh, uh, David Gates, was his name, that wrote for bread. And he wrote this song, and it's, I would give anything I have. I would give everything I have just to have you back again. He goes, is there someone you love? Is there someone you know? You're loving them so, but you're taking them all for granted. You may lose them someday. Someone takes them away and they won't hear the words you long to say. Now that sounds like a beautiful love song, which it was taken that way, but it was, it was a love song, but he wrote it about his father. 
It was a song to his father. He had lost his father and he had wished he had had some time that he could have spent with him getting to know him better. He says, I would give anything I own. I would give everything I own just to have you back again. Is there someone you're taking? Your mothers, your fathers. Get your children alone and talk with them and love them and share with them your life. Because there's going to come, there's going to come a time later where you, where they would like to know, I'd like to know everything about my mother. I would like to know everything about my father. We just didn't do it in those days. But don't let us, we don't have to make the same mistakes today. Amen. Say amen, please. Honor your father and your mother, which is the first commandment with promise that it may be well with thee on the earth. You know what that means? That doesn't mean the ones that deserve it. There's very few that deserve it. You are to honor your father and your mother, whether they deserve it or not. I remember a, a, a guy, uh, 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 one of the speakers at Full Gospel Businessman, David Duplissis, I believe is his name. There's two, two Duplissis. It was the motorcycle the guy. He was a Hell's Angel guy, and he was part of, a member of the American Nazi Party. And, you know, he was, uh, he was, a, he was a bad dude. And one time he says one of his best friends come in and just bothered him just a little bit when he didn't want to be bothered. So he pulled out, pulled out his 22 and shot him in the leg just for bothering him. Growing up, he was, his, his father would take him and chain him to a post and beat him senselessly. And of course, back in those days, they didn't, the social services didn't find out about stuff like that and, and do something about it. But, you know, beat him. One time he beat him so hard, he crushed his chest in and he was put in the hospital. And the day he got out of the hospital, he had a full body cast on his chest. He took him out. His father took him out to the post and he beat him senseless again. And he crushed the the body cast off of him. This is the kind of father that he grew up knowing. And when he got saved, he went to find his father and he says, Father, I want to ask you to forgive me for not being a better son. And his father broke down. And their relationship was restored. I'm going to tell you, not all parents deserve it. But whether they deserve it or not, God wants you to honor them. God bless the, it's, thank you, Lord, for blessing those who have a father that do, that do deserve it, or a mother. So find your mother and love her. Find your mother and tell her how much you love her. And want to get to know her. And honor her. Amen? Hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. I want to know, what's, uh, we, I'm just going to ask for a few show of hands. Who's our youngest mother in here, as far as having children is concerned? Who's our youngest mother in there? 
Who would that be right now? Does anybody have a child less than a year old that's here right this minute? Adriel's downstairs. Boy, beautiful child too. Anybody in this room have a child less than two years old? Three years old? Four years old? Four years old. We have a child that's four years old. Okay, back there. We got another one here. Raise your hands up so everybody can look around and see. Raise your hand up. Okay. How many uh, parents here, if there's a mother has, how many has more than six children or more? Raise your hand. One, two. All right. Seven children. All right. Two hands back there have six children or more. All right. How many here moms have more than 10 grandchildren? All right. All right. Okay, let's pray for all the young mothers and the older mothers. And then I'm going to pray for every, every girl in here, every gal in here. Heavenly Father, would you bless these hands and all the ones in between of, uh, that are mothers and grandmothers and mothers of children. Lay your hand upon them right now. Heavenly Father, put your hand upon them. Put your love upon them. Anointing upon them. Let them know how much they are appreciated. Let them know, let them be honored by their grandchildren, by their children, by even their babies. Even as young as four years old, may they be honored. We honor these moms, the older ones, the younger ones, and everyone that's in between. We honor these moms. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Now, I want you young ladies who say you want to have children, raise your hand, who have not had children. Okay. All right. In Jesus' name, I ask for an anointing of, of uh, the, the word of God that says, go forth and multiply upon these ladies so that they can be blessed in marriage and be blessed in, in uh, giving forth children. Bless these ladies, these women that are hungering to have children, that want to have children. Lord, touch them in their wombs, in their bodies, and fertilize, bring those eggs to be fertile when they are married and are trying to have children. Bless them, Lord, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, Heavenly Father, Holy Spirit, may it be done in Jesus' name, be done. Now we pray for all the ladies in this room. Lord, you, you just took a hundred pounds of clay and you made something that made our life worth living. Lord, hallelujah, hallelujah. And we will thank you every day for every one of these young ladies, uh, no matter how young they are or how old they are. Lord, bless them. Lord, as, and may we respect them and love them and, and hold them up as bone of our bones, flesh of our flesh. Lord, uh, one in the spirit. In Jesus' mighty name, amen.